0: 8 seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. champions Wrexham are promoted they have their storybook
1: ending Howdy y'all and welcome to the Wrexham Texan. My name is Jake Green. Thank y'all so much for joining me today for this episode about uh, the Bradford City match and the episode called The Grind. Um, Yeah, to start off, um, if you're not following me on Instagram and Twitter, huge mistake on your part. Huge mistake. You're missing out on uh, clips, content, um, the Texan of the match each week on Instagram. Um, so, and Red Hot Takes directly after the game. Red, obviously spelled with a W-R and not just an R. Um, so head on over to Instagram and Twitter. Follow me on both of those WXM Texan, Wrexham Texan. And I just realized that if you're watching this, uh, I didn't put in the correct tag on the screen. So that's fun for everybody. There we go. Fixed. (laughs) That was so dumb. Um, Anyway, let's start by talking about that Bradford City game, because what a doozy. Um, It was crazy. Let's see. Let's see if I can pull it up here. We're going to watch some highlights. I'm going to comment on them. Um, And yeah, we're just going to go. Here we go.
0: That's nice interchange by him to find Evans, back to O'Connell. McLean is asking for the switch. Has a firm challenge in the back of Mullen's, not us a
1: foul. The whole game was again. really back and forth, really tight. We, I mean, Edgen O'Connell was an animal. He won Texan of the match after his performance of this during this game because he was so dang good on the, on, on the defense. And it was so nice having Barnett back. Oh, Pop Mullen had a shot right there for a goal with that header. Uh, a little too far out, a little too far wide. Bradford um, said he did well. I can't tell if I'd love their kits or not. Man, see, I don't think that was a penalty. I think Fletcher... I just don't think that was a penalty. I think... Uh, Light touch. It was all good. Like Fletcher hustled down, and I just don't think it was uh it was that big of an issue. Um, man, but Fletcher starting a game was super interesting. I was not prepared to have Fletcher start a game. I thought he was, might be. A little too old to, for that. Gosh, it was so good to have back. Look at that run. And look at that cross. How did, he How did he miss that header? That looked... I could have sworn that was going to be in the back of the net. It was such a perfect cross. And, uh, yeah, Mullen just a little bit wide, a little bit late getting there. Let's see. Oh, it's still a little loud on your. Own. And there we go. Terrible ball. terrible ball. Terrible ball right there. Was that was that edging or? Yeah, yeah. Despite that terrible pass, um, O'Connell still got Texan of the match. <laughs> it was a horrid pass, but it is what it is. The rest of the match, he was fan-dagantastic. Um and yeah, Barnett just had so many quality plays. Um, like this pass to Mullen. This was a penalty. That was absolutely a penalty. It's absurd. He took him down in the box. It didn't even really go for the ball. Just went to take out Mullen. Mullen went down. That, I mean, that has to be a penalty. Fletcher one, I don't think so. But this one, I mean, dude didn't even come near the ball and just took out Mullen's legs. So this is what happens, though. This is my, this is my thoughts on... Um flopping and complaining a lot, which Mullen does both is if you do it, it's like the boy who cried wolf. If you do it too much, they're not going to give you the benefit of the doubt in close scenarios, close situations. So um, yeah, maybe just chill out. Don't flop so much. Oh, Fletcher just wide. Um, Yeah. Just quit flopping. Flopping drives me insane. Like, be a man, stay standing, unless you get pummeled. That's basically basically my thoughts on that. Like it, it just drives me insane when people get touched and decide to fall on the ground. Um, I know you're trying to draw foul or draw penalty, but come on. like Have some self-respect. Yeah, they had so many scary chances. And Alconquo... Yeah, Conquo able to reach balls that Howard definitely wouldn't be able to just because of his stature. That dude is so tall and lanky. Um, He still makes me nervous sometimes, though. I don't really know why. I think it's because he doesn't seem like he's always in the best position. Um, But I don't know. It is what it is. Jones out to Barnett. Here's the cross into Mullen. And gets it right off the keeper's hand. Flashes the A for Albi. Fantastic goal. Fantastic goal. Made up for it. Um, made up for that penalty that we didn't get right there. Goalie almost got it. it just was, He headed it in the perfect direction against the momentum of the goalie. So the goalie just couldn't quite reach it. And, man, fantastic play. And then Bradford comes roaring back um they just they just have really good uh they just had some really good plays and we had some great defensive plays to stop them most of the time except for that one in the 85th minute oh they're they're kits i was saying their kits just look like rugby kits so i don't really care for them that much um at least they look like rugby kit, rugby kits to me here we go here's their goal. Yeah, Wilson. I mean, he had just come in the game, just subbed in, and gets a goal right off the bat. Super frustrating. Um, but I mean, they they seem like a pretty well put together team. They played really well together. They had really good plays, um, really good passing. Uh, they were pretty enjoyable to watch most of the time, despite them almost uh, beating us with this play right here. (sighs) Ton of Cliff. Almost tapped it in off of O'Connell, I think. (laughs) That would have been incredibly frustrating. Yeah, and then they had this almost goal. Terrifying. Yeah, but in the end, that was the end of the game and my goodness, it was a it was a lot. It was a lot. Um, lots of drama, lots of tension. It is what it is. Um, so there we go. Let's see. And then interview of Parky after the game. Here's this interview um, question that I enjoyed. And then we'll go over to Ryan Barnett interview. We'll watch this for a couple minutes.
2: With with twenty two thousand spectators, it, it was always going to be an uphill battle, you know, with, with the noise that they bring. But I think we battled really well. We we um, were obviously frustrated to concede, but. Um, I think we'll look back
0: later in the season, I think it's a really good point on the road. Was that great determination, especially in that second half, really the thing to take away from this, especially in an atmosphere like we saw today?
2: Yeah, I think you you can look back at the game and and you'll see the boys throwing their bodies in front of the ball to to stop it going in and that's something we've been working on over the last few weeks. I know we're we're sort of on a little unbeaten run now and I think that's that's definitely something that we've been working on, you know, working hard to to keep the ball out of the net and and, um, I think, yeah, that's, that's come to fruition today
0: yourself on a personal note, obviously the red card um, against Crew meant you're out for the last three games, but yeah. how good was it to be back and to get an assist as well?
2: Yeah, really good. You know, I, I just said over there that I think I put the frustration of the last two weeks in, into that game. You know, I've run really hard. I've, t- I've tried to, uh, I've been working on, on different parts of my game while I've had that time not to um, not to be playing, but uh, no, it was really good. And I think I put a few good crosses in for Moles and obviously the one leading for the goal, that was, I knew exactly where he was going to be. So I always try and aim for that area.
0: We saw in the first half most could have got that goal, another great cross from him, but then that link-up play for the second one proved to be key.
2: Yeah I think we've sort of got that we're on the same wavelength now. I think, I think I know where he's going to be and, and he hopes that, that I put it in the right area and, and he just gets himself in there and gambles and, and he's, had, he's had two chances today and he's put one of them away so we um, could have had three points but we're disappointed.
0: You sort of mentioned it before but on reflection over the course of a season do you think today's one of them a look back on? I think that's a really really good point in the Yeah end. definitely
2: you know the they have tried to pack out the stadium, you know, twenty-two thousand, and and they on a good run. I think they were there were three three wins on the spin before before we come here today, and we'll definitely look back and and think it's a good point. You know, I think every every point counts at the moment, so yeah, it's important.
0: That unbeaten run continues into Tuesday night against Sutton at home.
2: Yeah, it's a huge game. You know, it's it, we don't really look at the league table, you know, where teams are and and, and all that kind of thing, because I think anyone in this league can can surprise any team really. So uh, we'll go into it like we do every game. We'll give it hundred percent and try and get three points.
1: Thank you, Ryan. So, two things with that. First off, um, love that he feels like he's on the same wavelength as Paul Mullen now, and he can kind of know where Mullen's going to be, and Mullen knows how to get where, you know, trusts him to put the ball where it needs to be. Um, I think that is fantastic. You got to build chemistry, you know, you got to build chemistry. as the season progresses, as you practice more together, as you play more together. So I love that he and Mullen seem to be having a, um, connecting more. Um, and they had some beautiful plays this past game. So that was, that was a delight. And, um, his second thing is at the, at the very end there, talking about how he, they don't look at the, um, league table. Come on. Of course, they look at the league table. Of course, they look at the league table. That's crazy talk. There's no way that all those players aren't looking at the league table, um, at least a little bit. Uh, I know that uh, it's it's good to say you don't. And maybe maybe he's a man of his word and he he doesn't actually ever look at the league table. But there, you know, I I just find that extremely hard to believe. As a player, I would always look at the standings. Always. Um, as when I played basketball, um, we'd always see where the other teams were in the, in the table or in the standings. Um, and yeah, it might, it might be, a it might have a negative impact on, on what your mentality is for the next game, but it, it, it also could have a very positive impact. I know that, uh, one of the dangers, uh, with, let's say, let's take my, my, American football team, Texas A&M, Texas A&M Aggies. We always, always, always seem to play to the level of our opponent. So if a team is terrible, we will play at their level and be terrible, just as terrible as they will. Almost every time. If a team is amazing, we will play to their level. I mean, we always end up losing. um, So there's that. Uh, But throughout the entirety of the game. We will play at the opponent's level um, until the end of the game, and at which point we will just give it up and they will win. So that is what it is. Uh, But man, I thought it was a fantastic game. Super fun to watch. Like I said, we're going to go over some stats now. They beat us in possession, 55-45. Um, it was... I, I've i never been sold on possession being the greatest factor when it comes to statistics. Uh, I've seen plenty of games where the team with the less possession um, ends up victorious. And so I think it's just a small indication of what the game was like. Like it it does mean certain things. Like it means we were playing defense more than half of the time, um, which is definitely a lot considering our defense can be a little, iffy at times to say the least Um, it's not, it's not the best. So um, yeah, I I, I wouldn't necessarily think possession wouldn't necessarily say possession is uh, the most important statistic to look at, but it is something to think about when it comes to something like that. So uh, we won more duels 50, 50 on the aerial duels. We had seven interceptions. They had eight, we had two offsides. They had 11 corners one. That's a victory for us. The fact they only scored once and it wasn't even on a corner um, and they had 11 of them. That's a, that's a win for us, which is um, fantastic. Uh, Let's keep that up. Let's keep our corner game at this level because we did a fantastic job defending the corners uh, this game. Uh, Let's see. Passes. They had 443 to our 372, about even in the long passes, passing accuracy about even around 66 to 70%. Um let's see they had 34 crosses and we only had 13 however they had 27% accuracy and we had 39% so a little better for us in that regard um on the attack obviously one goal apiece we had Mullen in the 68th minute off that header from Ryan Barnett and then in the 85th minute they scored their only goal Wilson the substitution um, just a brutal end, you know. It's a lot. I mean, I mean, I imagine it's how they, the our opposing team, feels quite often, um, because we tend to do this to other teams more than it gets done to us. Which is score in the last minute, in the last uh, moments of a game to either tie or win. So uh, we got a little bit of a dose of our own medicine, I would say. Um, Let's see. They had 24 shots. We had eight. They had five shots on target. We had one. They had 10 blocked shots. We had two. They had six shots outside of the box. We had four. They had 18 shots inside the box. And we had four. Um, Their shooting accuracy was 21%. Ours was 13%. And I mean, that's insane. 18 shots inside the box. And we were able to block all but one of them that is, are we there? You know, they missed all but one of them. Um, so pretty good defense considering how often they had the ball in the box. Um, I know it'd be preferable to have them not be in the box at all, um, and get them to where they can't be shooting from inside the box, but Hey, when they shoot 18 shots from inside the box and only make one of them, uh, that's pretty dang, pretty dang good. Um, as far as, uh, that regard goes. Um, We had 17 tackles. They had 12 pretty even on tackle success rate. We had, we had to have 32 clearances. They had 13. This is, this is a statistic that I'm more interested in than possession is clearances. How many times did we have to just boot the ball down the field um, to clear it out so that we could reset or just get out of danger? That is, uh, that's something that I think is overlooked when it comes to statistics. Um, I think that if you like clearances kind of imply that you do not have control, um, that you don't, you can't get it safely out of your own end. You can't uh, maintain possession of the ball. And so I think clearances are a good indication of whether or not you're frantically playing defense and frantically trying to get the opposing team out of your end of the pitch. Um, And so I don't like it when we have to have almost three times as many clearances as they do. Uh, That's very frustrating. Fouls conceded. They had 10. We had eight. It should have been 11 at least um, with a penalty. Uh, They had three yellow cards. We had two. And like I said, Wilson came in, scored in the 85th minute. Mullen scored in the 68th, which y'all already saw. Um, So, I mean, what a game. What a fun game it was. That puts us, before this game started, we had 23 points. We were tied with Swindon, Mansfield. Or were we tied with Accrington before? I can't remember. But, uh, and then Bradford had 19. And now we have 24. They have 20. They're 11th in the league. We are fourth in the league, y'all. We are dadgum fourth in the league. It is fantastic. One spot. We are one game from being tied with Knott's County. Um, they're three points ahead of us. Crew Alexandra is two points ahead of us. Um, let's see. Uh, where is that crew game? Yeah, there, there it was. Drew with them five games ago. Um, so we are pretty evenly matched right here. Um, all of this is just some very good teams. Stockport is still on a tear. More than six games in a row, they have won. That is extremely impressive. They are the team to beat right now. Knox County, not Knox, Notts County, um, has lost two out of their last six. That's worse than us. They've lost two, drawn one, and won three. So I gosh, if we could just turn one of those draws or losses into a win, um, we are in phenomenal shape. Um, It is looking very good for us at the moment. Um, let's see. Sorry for the background noise. I got someone in the house right now. Um, let's see. Uh, so I was listening to me, the wife and Wrexham AFC this week and um, they asked, and Ryan asked Sharon an interesting question, which was, are we better without Ben Tozer? which we have not had Tozer in a few games now, he has not been in the game, Um, whether that be for personal reasons or because of an injury or just because he's being benched for a little while, I don't know. Um, I know that he's gone through a lot of personal stuff, which heart goes out to him, that is terrible. I don't, you know, you never like people to suffer losses and um, go through pain, so um, wish him the best. But it was a very interesting question that Ryan asked and Sharn kind of had the same reaction that I did. I missed the long throw in. I miss it. Like it's Ryan mentioned that it's not always the best option to throw it deep um, from the sideline to hurl it into the middle. And yeah, that might be true, but man, it, it, he has such a phenomenal long throw. Um, Very, very advantageous for us. Like, a corner kick is always a great opportunity to score. It sets up more chaos in the box, which is exactly what you want. Um, you want the defense to be scrambling to defend you and to protect their own goal. So the fact that we have lost that is a little bit frustrating. Um, Greg Evans has tried to step in and be, fill that role and his, his aren't terrible. He he gets them pretty far and uh, with, with a lot of height on him, but, they're just not quite the same as Tozer who can just launch them. Um, and so I do miss that. Um, I miss him being able to to give us that, that advantage. Um, and yeah, yeah, I just, uh, I don't know, are we better without him? That's a good question. I am not still not hundred percent comfortable with our defense. We've had a million people swap in and out throughout the season back there. And that's a very uh, unsettling feeling to not know exactly how we're going to play. George Evans, people seem to like how he plays and seem to like him in our defense. I have not been impressed with anything that he's done. He hasn't done anything terrible, but he hasn't done anything spectacular. So I'm, I'm not completely sold on George Evans at this moment in time. And, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it would take to sell me on him. Um, I, I don't like Tozer being out, but man, we actually might be better with him being out. He's, he's getting up there in years, um, and it seems like we're skewing younger at this point. We've decided to put in Okonkwo. Seems like he's our go-to at this point in time. Um, subbing in for Howard, who is definitely older. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. If we're, if we're starting to skew a little younger, I then I see less playing time for Ollie Palmer, which would suck. I love watching Ollie Palmer play. Um, yeah. And, you know, Barnett's back. uh It's just, it's going to be interesting to see, to see what happens uh, with, with Ben Tozer to see, you know, if he, if he is just trying to get over it, like he's been a rock for us for a while now. And, um, I love seeing him back there. He provides a lot of leadership. Um, he communicates a lot, um, but he was making quite a few mistakes at the beginning of this season. So it'll be interesting to see, um, to see how that all unfolds. Uh, let's see. All right, let's give my prediction for this week. Um, we are playing Sutton United in about an hour and 35 minutes. I just saw them on the here. Here they are, Sutton United, down here in last place. So I'm going to, pre- I mean, we are what? What is that? Uh, 17? No. Uh p- how am I doing this? Twenty, goodness gracious! We're twenty whole spots ahead of Sutton United, and uh, my prediction is four, four nil, four to nothing. We are going to dominate Sutton United today. That is my prediction. I, I don't see how they can. I mean, they've gotten a grand total of seven points. We've gotten twenty-four. So. Um, let's see. We've won six, drawn six, lost two. They've won two, drawn one, and lost 11. Today is going to be 12. I want to guarantee it. Um, but nothing in life is a guarantee. So, uh, 99%, 99.99%, we win. Um, and I predict we will win four to nothing. So that's, that's my, uh, that's my prediction for today's game. Our previous meetings over the last five matches, 0-0 in 2021, 4-0. Oh, wow. We did win 4-0 uh, in 2020. And we lost 3-1 in 2019, tied 1-1 in 2019, and won 1-0 in 2019. Man, we played them three times in 2019. Two separate seasons, but still. Um yeah, and then we didn't play them in 2022. Uh, I guess probably because they're up in this league. They're just, they're struggling. Um, they are not doing well in League 2. So, oh man, sorry. My back is killing me today. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited. We, let's see, they have, their last game they lost a is this Morcum? I don't even know how to pronounce it. Y'all make fun of me. Go ahead. Um, they lost 4-1 to Doncaster. They won 4-0 against Walsall. How is that possible? Where's Walsall? They're Walsall's 13th. They they've uh, they have 19 points and they lost 4-0 to Sutton United. That's crazy. Then Sutton lost to Salford 2-0, lost to Crawley 3-0. And tied with MK Dons, who is just going down hard in in the league table right now. Um, they tied with them 1-1. So, uh, yeah, I think I still think we're going to destroy them. I think it's 4-0, clean sheet. They've lost a whole bunch um, without scoring a goal. So that is my prediction for today's match. All right, y'all. On to the analysis of the grind. Um, Started off in February. Uh, We were only three points behind Knotts County. And then we had just tons of matches that they mentioned were postponed due to weather for one and uh, the FA Cup. Um, So the FA Cup... Uh, had games scheduled when we had league games scheduled. So we had to postpone them, which means we had to play. It was like nine games, nine matches in a very short amount of time, basically a month, um, which is a lot. That that is a lot. Like earlier in this season, I was complaining about only playing on Saturdays and not having that Tuesday game. Well, now I kind of get it. Um, I hadn't thought about the whole idea of fatigue and injury setting in. If you play too many games, um, and so, totally makes sense. uh I'm all for just having a Saturday game and then every now and then a Tuesday game, like today. Um, let's see. Will Farrell comes into the room and uh, here we go. Here's one of my favorite moments from the first uh from from this episode, the grind That is a beefy thigh there, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get in there. That's like a ham hock. Now, is that relaxing or painful? Yeah, both. Or both, yeah. yeah. Okay. That is Will Farrell commenting on Elliot Lee's thigh. Um, to be fair, I mean, he's dead. I mean, he's correct. Like, that is a beefy thigh, huge, being worked on by the trainers. Um, definitely a lot of pain and a lot of comfort in, in that being worked on, but... Um, having Will Ferrell just walk around the grounds, walk around the dressing room has got to be one of the most surreal things ever. Um, it's gotta be just weird to have this multinational international celebrity, tons of people, millions and millions and millions of people have loved his movies. And he's just walking around the dressing room, making friends with everybody, um, Meets Parky, says hello. Takes a picture with Ollie's son, and then takes a selfie, uh, which is hilarious. The players just can't really believe it. They they get really awkward. It's similar to the first time Ryan came into town on his own. Um, They were kind of quiet, kind of reserved, Um, but Will Ferrell seems to just make everybody feel comfortable and joke around, which. Everybody knows he's fantastic at that. Um, yeah. And then at the end of that scene, he offers a rub down to anybody who needs it, which is just so dang funny. Uh, to kick off the nine game stretch to get back on course, we play Wieldstone. Mullen scores um, just as Will is texting Ryan, which is hilarious. He misses it. He kind of looks up, confused. Um, O'Connor and Jones both go down at the same time, which was, um, a very frustrating game. I remember that one Dalby scores. Um, we went up winning three to one and will, it's funny to watch people who you wouldn't connect with sports, analyze and talk about sports. Um, he says like, you can feel the stakes right now. And I don't know, it seemed out of character maybe. It seemed like it wasn't, those words shouldn't have been coming out of his mouth, basically. That was, it was just strange to see him talking about that. Um, Then we go over to Sean Winter, which is my favorite part um, of this episode as far as the, well, I don't know, maybe not my favorite part, but I love learning more about Sean Winter and his story. Um, We learn a whole lot about him um in this in this episode so here's here's one of the clips from it
0: still hate painting but it's my trade and it allows me to earn money for me and the boys doesn't it dad's got to pick up a paintbrush go to work and earn that money
1: (laughs) (laughs) you're absolutely right sean um that's something that people don't appreciate enough not everybody loves their job i've had jobs i hate i've had jobs i love this job i love I love doing this. Um, I've got two other podcasts. I make documentaries. I make movies. Um, I I love it. Um, but not everybody has that privilege of loving what they do. Some people just have to earn a paycheck, and that's when you need to be good at compartmentalizing. You need to be good at being like, okay, I'm just going to go do the work to the best of my ability. Do what I can to earn more money, um, earn a living, especially when you have people depending on you, like children or a wife, even dogs to a certain extent, um, pets of any kind. But if you have people depending on you and you don't like your job, but you don't really have the opportunity to get a new one, then, um, then yeah, I would say that, that being able to compartmentalize and keep things, um, really segregated in your brain so that, Yes, you might not like your job, but you know that you're doing it for a good reason. And that reason for Sean is his kids, is to set up a better life for his boys, which is really admirable. And and um, painting is not the worst thing in the world. I don't like it. So I feel for you, Sean. I do not like painting. I don't like staining. Uh, whenever we have things like that, my wife does it. <laughs> I do all the building. She does all the painting and staining, painting and staining, um, because I just, I just don't like it. So I, I get where you're coming from. Um, it's tedious. It takes a long time. However, if it's outdoors, I like it more. If it's indoors, I just, I'm not interested. I'm just not interested at all. Uh, he mentions that he gets a lot of love now, and certainly a lot of hate, um, which I, just drives me nuts. Just, stop hating on people online. Like don't, you can dislike certain things that people do or say, but you do not have to send hate and, um, disgust their way. Um, everybody's guilty of this. I've done it. Um, not proud of it and trying not to do it, but you know, it's just something that, uh, kind of comes naturally. Like everybody has that side of them um, in some way, shape or form. And it's just something that you got to fight against because it doesn't, it's not good for anybody. It doesn't belong. And uh, it doesn't, whoever you're attacking or degrading, it doesn't help them at all. And it doesn't make you feel better. So like, we got to quit doing that. Um, And he mentions right here that he's giving up drinking. And it seems like it was due to some, embarrassment that he suffered, uh, during the first season of the documentary and some of those games, um, where he maybe drank a little too much and yeah. And, and did some things that he was not proud of that maybe made other people uncomfortable or embarrassed. So very impressive that he wants to give up drinking. And I think he said he never wants to touch it again, which is, that's a big deal, man. That's, that's, that's impressive. That's a hard thing to do. And I hope you have the support that you need because, um, I think it's admirable and I think it's a good thing to do. I mean, I cut back drinking a whole lot over the last year or so, and it has only made life better. So, um, yeah, yeah. Keep, keep it up. Keep doing it. We then go back to the to the games, and the, this is, we're back to normal episodes of Welcome to Rexham. it seems, where we really follow the team, really follow what's going on with the players and the people immediately surrounding it, and then we do see a lot of football being played. Um, it's Wrexham v. Woking. Woking go up 1-0 in the seventh minute. Gosh, that was brutal. Ford gets a free kick goal. Mullen gets a PK. Woking get a PK and they tie us two to two at the end of the game. Absolutely br- brutal. Um, let's see then coming off. Okay. So every now and then I'll talk about the cinematography for this show. This was, this was an interesting one. Let's let's watch this real quick. We didn't play um, as well as we can. In that, right there on the ball. Um... Okay. So this shot, It's it's interesting, I've never seen them use this style before, which is uh, a regular frame rate. So frame rates are like 24 frames a second, 30 frames a second, 48, 60, 120, 240. Um, The higher you go, the more slow motion it is, the more frames are captured per second, which means you can slow it down and it still looks smooth. Well, if you notice with this clip, it doesn't look smooth. Um, it looks choppy. It looks like you're missing frames. Um, it looks it, so basically what they did was if they I think they filmed this probably in 24 frames a second and then wanted slow motion. So they slowed it down. But what that does is it makes it look like there are gaps and it makes it a little jumpier. Um and gives it that effect, which is a fine effect. Like if that's what you're going for, that's great. I've just, I don't know that I've ever seen, seen them use this before people use this for very specific things. And, um, it, it took me a little off guard, um, which is funny. Like I'm sure most people didn't notice it, but I'm in film. So of course I did. Uh, and yeah, I found it to be interesting. Let's just, here, I'll have you watch it again so you can see what I'm talking in about. In place, um, as well as so we can. Yeah, just, it's just—it's a little choppy. It looks like um, it's like freezing it every a, a split second. Kind of game we obviously um, woke Earth. It, was, it was just that. It was just Ollie Palmer coming off the field. So interesting place to put that. I don't really understand why they did that, but they did, and they used it. Um, for me, the only reason that I would ever use that footage. Um, unless I'm specifically putting in for a specific reason is if I ran out of footage to use. And there's just, there's no possible way. They've run out of footage to use. They have multiple cameras running all the time. They have basically an unlimited amount of footage and um, yeah. And so I just, it was an interesting choice to use, to use that shot of Ollie Palmer and we'll get to another shot of Ollie Palmer here in a minute. Um that gummit. let me see which one is this one? Oh yeah, okay we'll get to that in a minute um we then get introduced to Anthony Ford, which is long overdue. love some Anthony Ford um it was nice to get to know him and his family a little bit and we learn um that he thinks that everything about being in in Wrexham has been better than his previous teams that he's played for. Um, which is great to hear it, I mean, it, it, seems like that's the case for most people who come here or who go to Wrexham because, um, it seems like the town is always very welcoming. Um, the team seems to be gelling and like very welcoming as well. So I think that it's, I think most people are probably telling the truth as far as it being, you know, one of the better places that they've, they've played. So I, I, I love that we got to, uh, um, Love well, we got to meet Anthony Ford and he got to talk about this. Um two weeks after his son was born, Anthony's brother was diagnosed with leukemia, followed by Laura, his wife, being diagnosed with a brain tumor. I mean, that's a brutal uh sequence of events. Uh that's that's terrible. Here's a little clip of Laura talking.
0: Um Is not working so well? So things like cutting, the simple task isn't as easy as normal.
2: It was obviously the worst day of my life and her life, and football's been a massive part of our lives.
1: Okay, so first of all, just the basic um, horrifying nature of what he's talking about. Learning that your wife has a brain tumor has got to be maybe the scariest thing. Um, as far as personal relationships go, uh, gosh, I can't even imagine. So the fact that she's able to smile through it and still want to cook and still want to, you know, prepare food and that kind of thing. It's very impressive. I love, I love when people, um, uh, push through the hurt, push through the pain, really buckle down and keep on, keep on going. I love perseverance. Um, So this is a specific style of shot as well. So when you have somebody that is on the edge of frame, both of these are on the edge of frame, it's not framed properly. Okay? So framing properly would be Anthony Ford either in the middle or two-thirds to the right or two-thirds to the left. Um, So if you break the... The shot up into into three sections. Those middle two sections, his eye, his middle of his face would be on one of them or the other. So basically, let's see if I can get this right. So basically, here, here, or where my head is. Uh, Ted Gub, doing everything the opposite is super frustrating. There we go. So if his face was here, here, or where my head is, that would be a properly framed shot. But when you have him in this case, all the way over here looking off camera, that basically tells you, gives the audience a, a sense of um, being unsettled and being a little off and not uh, things aren't right. And they do it two shots in a row. They do it with her on the very edge of frame and then they do it with him on the very edge of frame. And it, it gives you a sense that things are not correct. Things are not right um and so in addition to the music that's being played which evokes that same emotion and the subject matter which definitely evokes that same emotion they added on top of that this framing which visually gives you that emotion um and adds to it amplifies what he's talking about and so it's fantastic cinematography it's stuff that people don't notice people don't even recognize but if you see these kinds of shots, it's almost definitely because that's the emotion that they're trying to evoke. Um, And they're trying to underline what is being said on screen or what is being shown on screen. Um, So fantastic cinematography by them. Um, Absolutely incredible. Uh, It's then we learned that he decided to take time off of football. To figure out how to deal with everything and absolutely understandable. I am extremely supportive of the idea of people being able to take time off from their career, from their job, from whatever, if they have something like this happening in their lives. It is life, it is literally a life or death scenario where you might be spending the last moments with your loved one um, and football's just not worth missing that. Nothing's worth missing that actually. And so the fact that, that Wrexham allowed this and Anthony Ford decided to take it is fantastic because not everybody would do that. And so good on him. Good for him for doing that. Fantastic. Um, yeah. Then we cut back to, to Sean Winter some more, who, once again, absolutely love. Here we go.
0: Did it, and I was super proud of myself, but it, it,
1: God, it's not easy, man. It's it's
0: not easy. Look at that. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Hold on, yeah?
1: Oh, man. So you learn that he starts coaching his younger son's football team, and that when he went to watch his older son play, Charlie. He, uh, it was a beautiful day and all he wanted was a drink and he fought and fought and fought all day to not take that drink. And man, bravo, that's exactly what it takes to, to make it happen. Um, there are plenty of people who would cave in that scenario. Um, I definitely have before, and I'm sure. I mean at this point you may have as well and that's okay just get back on the horse and keep pushing um it's it's great to see him in such a good good place even though that comes with a little bit of pain um yeah he doesn't miss a, a game of his sons uh of his son's soccer and he says he wants to better himself for himself and his boys which is just Fantastic. Um, we then cut back to a just a fast sequence of multiple games laid out. We we beat Aldershot 4-3. Leighton comes back, but Hosanna is down. Um, we beat Southend 2-0, we beat Dorking 3-1, we beat Chesterfield 2-1, and now we're in first place in the table. It is a fantastic uh run that we had, and yeah. It was it was such a fun time to watch. It was around my birthday. So that was uh, I was I was loving, loving watching, watching us play and just destroy every team during that (laughs) during that run. Um, It is then we meet the man himself, Mr. Luke Young.
2: Apparently been at the wrong end of the table.
1: I never take anything for granted.
2: I never took anything for granted growing up. And there's people out there that will give their left arm to be in the position that I am. So I'm still grateful for it. And I'm still working harder, if not as hard to, to carry on that journey as a footballer.
1: Fantastic. That's the attitude that you want in your captain. Um, You don't need a flashy captain. You don't need somebody who's going to just talk nonstop, who has the biggest ego in the world. In fact, I would argue that you don't need that almost ever. Um, Sometimes it's nice to have if you have somebody who does talk a lot and has an ego and, you know, super flashy. But most of the time, that's going to wear on the morale of the team, especially because that tends to bleed over into their relationship with the rest of the team. So the fact that Luke Young has been just a hard worker um since he was young is since he was young that's hilarious is fantastic it's it's the exact kind of player you want to build an organization around um let's see he talk uh they a ton of people start describing him right here and he talks about how uh they talk about how he talks a lot on the pitch which is great is exactly what you need you need communication while you're out there um Everyone seems to love him. I love the HP laptop promo in the middle of this whole thing, which is hilarious. Uh, They then talk about Luke Young's GPS tracker. Rob talks about it. He averages 8.2 miles a match, which is pretty dang good. That's a lot of miles. Um, Averages 145 beats per minute. Average. That's your average heart rate. Then his dynamic stress load, which no one knows what that is. On the show, <laughs> it's eight ninety seven. I have no idea what that is. Um, I didn't look into it. It seems like a weird number to to learn. I don't really. Who cares? Who cares? But I'm sure that's high because he works his butt off. Um, we also had man, ollie Palmer gets all the interesting shots this this episode. Consistently gives everything for the football club. He's a oh, that gamut. sorry. That damn I'm an idiot. There we go. So. A lot of the interviews they do are very brightly lit. Okay, they they do them normally during the daytime with windows in the background, um, lit up to where it's it's more um, it's happier, it's lighter, it's it's more fun to watch. This is maybe my favorite lighting setup that they've done thus far. Um, when, when doing an interview. And you can tell that by, I wish you could see my mouse. That's really frustrating. But one side of his face is basically in shadow and the other side is in light and it kind of just fades over. And then this, I guess if you're looking at me, yeah, right here, this part of his face, it has light on it. And then it just totally fades to darkness over here. Um, fantastic lighting setup. Um, you can see just that little streak of, of light on the side of his head from a light that is off screen that way. Um, just a small light, just it, 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 some people call it a rim light. Some people call it a hair light. Some people call it um, what's another, I know there's another name for it. Uh, I forget, but basically that's, so you can see the outline of his head and it it is separated from the background from the very dark background of the shot because if that light wasn't there his head would blend in with the black of black of the background which is a terrible shot it would be terrible to to have that happen um then it would it would look weird you wouldn't know where he ended it would be very strange looking um he's also wearing his awesome hoodie from 1864 clothing, Wrexham clothing. And yeah, I want that hoodie. Basically I want everything that Wrexham clothing has. Um, I really want, uh, really want that sponsorship for this show. <laughs> um, but yeah, fantastically sh- set up, uh, uh, shot here. Um, I just shot an interview this past week uh, for a documentary I'm working on, and I had a very similar lighting setup. Um, didn't steal it from this. Shockingly enough, um, watched this after shooting my my interview. So, uh, yeah, fantastically done. I'm talking a lot about the cinematography this time, this episode, and for good reason because they did a fantastic job. So there you go. Um, what's next? Yeah, we go back to Sean again. Sean went to for a bit. Um, he's coaching um, his youngest team. Seem, he does seem like a fantastic coach. He, he says the right things. He's got a lot of good things to say. Um, uh, his friend, who I think is the assistant coach or maybe the head coach, is, says he's a spot-on dad and he's always there, um, which is just fantastic. And then we go back to the action where we draw with Maidenhead 2-2, still up one point. We beat Dagen Red 4-0, and we're four points up. And then, before the final game of this nine-game stretch, it drops down to negative 24 degrees, and they get about 50 people, and it snows heavily. They get about 50 people to help get Snow off the pitch. And here's a little clip from that.
0: To get this game on.
1: We've got Gemma. We've
0: got...
1: We got Must've met when I turned up, but when I did, I thought Parkie. there's no way this is getting clear in time. But We've gradual got progress, Sean eh? Harvey. This is some effort by everybody, by the way. That's, I love that. It's a, It's a. you're, you're all just one big team. It's fantastic. There. There's no way that certain players and certain teams would come together like this and actually make that work. Um, there's just no way. Um, I think what they did is admirable, fantastic, um, really shows the quality of people that are in this organization and in this club. And I love it. And that is one of the massive reasons that I became a fan of them, um, became a fan of Wrexham. And everybody who has participated in the documentary series, um, even the Southend supporters, were shocked that they had the pitch cleared because of how much it snowed, and and you know the fact that they're in the National League uh, means there's not very much money to to handle this kind of disaster. So <laughs> um, during the game against Southend, Tonnochleff smashed his head ran in to get stitches, came back with a massive massive bandage on his head. Awesome. Um, then there was the controversial header by Mullen where I'm still not convinced that he didn't, um, do something illegal by knocking it out of the goalie's hands. Uh, I think that this likely should have been a nil nil draw, but it is what it is. They didn't call it that way. So I'll take the victory we won in the end. So it really doesn't matter. Uh, And then afterwards, I loved seeing that they did a snowball fight with the players in the parking lot. Um, I think Ollie Palmer was involved. Elliot Lee. I can't remember who else, but fantastic moment. Loved it. Um, Loved this whole episode. Everything about it was fantastic. It was classic. Welcome to Wrexham. Very reminiscent of the first season. Then at the end They had this bizarre thing where they did a Star Wars summary style deal where they had the three paragraphs flying up on screen. Why? I don't get that. You had like a near perfect episode and then you ended with that. Were there Star Wars references in this episode? Why, Why was that in there? I don't get it. Somebody explain that to me. Um, If I missed something, I've watched this episode twice and I still couldn't figure out why they put that in there. So if I missed something, tell me. Um, Maybe it's just one line that I missed that I didn't hear for some reason. But yeah, didn't care for that ending. But uh, that'll do it for this episode, y'all. Looking forward to the game here in about an hour and five minutes. Let's go crush Sutton United. I mean, it really should not be that big of a deal to pound them into the ground. So let's just go ahead and do that. Let's maybe we'll get to see some younger players play at some point in time, more substitutions than we normally do. Um, I'm going to try to come out with a review of the glove triangle tonight, maybe, maybe tomorrow. And then I'll try to get back on schedule this week. It's been a hectic two weeks for me. So thank you all so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Go follow me on Instagram and Twitter, WXM. Texan on Instagram and Twitter, um, subscribe, like, share all the good stuff. Um, and, uh, you can go follow my company as well. Peaceful sea productions on Twitter, um, on our website, peaceful sea.network. You can stream these episodes. You can watch these episodes. You can see a whole bunch of the other things my company produces. So there you have it till next time up the town.
0: You're gonna see it You're gonna see it And if you knock my soul With all
1: your strength You're gonna find it You're gonna find it